Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans. Um, just a quick, uh, before we get started, a little bit of um, housekeeping. If you'd like to chat to me about anything, please do come to my Facebook page. That's Heavy Metal Tones Facebook page. Um, and you can message me there and uh, see, you know, I tend to put stuff up there usually sort of every other day, um, sometimes weekly, life gets in the way, but please do come and visit me there. Or go over to the Facebook page that myself and Benji uh, run, which is Nuobum and All Things Metal. Um, that's got a big community now, so it might be interesting if you do a pop over and, and, and see. Um, anyway, so this week's um, over. This week's episode uh, is about the new Porcupine Tree album. Now, I talked about the Porcupine Tree in the past, back with Fear of a Blank Planet. Please go back into the catalogue and have a look at that one. Um, formed in 1987 in Hemel Hempstead by Stephen Wilson and a band of other people. Um, they produced uh, 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 several albums, all of them being what we would call progressive rock. Now, don't roll your eyes out there. I know that uh, it's not for everyone, but it, it, Porcupine Tree can sit in all sorts of uh, genres. So um, bear with me, and I think you might, if you delve into this, you might find something interesting there to see and to listen to. So um, as I said, formed in Hemel Hempstead, um, uh, which is sort of north, sort of south of southern England, um, by Stephen Wilson of the band. They, they themselves uh, were, you know, are um, lovers of pop and heavy metal and rock and um, progressive rock and all sorts of things, funk and, and blues and soul. Um, Stephen Wilson is such an eclectic, pardon me, <coughs> an eclectic musician. Um, but this isn't all about Stephen Wilson. Um, sorry, no, this is about Porcupine Tree, the band. It would be remiss of me to keep on about him. He is the leading star of the band and has a uh, a very wide and vivid and varied solo career. Um, but this is the first studio album since 2009, since The Incident. Uh, that, not that something happened, the album was called The Incident. Um, recorded in secret over the last 10 years um, in because uh, they've sort of decided this was going to be their sort of swan, swan song, but now this is doing so well. Number four in the charts. It only got released on the 22nd of June. Number four in the charts uh, in Australia, number one in the UK. So, you know... Um, and doing very well across the world, so that maybe this might revisit them. Um, recorded in secret, um, it came about when you know uh, just after the incident, um, they were recording stuff, and you know Steve and uh, and the band members would get together and jam, usually with just two instruments, like a bass and guitar or bass and drums, um, and they would make. The, and there's a couple of songs here you'll find out later on that were from sort of the incident recording sessions come through and then they recorded new stuff. This particular band that's with Stephen on who Stephen's on guitar, piano and bass and vocals, you've got um Gavin Harrison on drums. Now he's from Pineapple Thief, another brilliant prog band, and also the Masters of Prog King Crimson. He's played with them. Then you have then you had Richard I'm gonna I really don't mean to ruin his name here. Barbieri, 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 on keyboards. Now he was original founding member of Japan. Uh, those young people listening to this show don't know the band Japan. Um, pause it, go and grab it, listen to some Japan. You may be 
well and truly uh, enjoy that. It's some brilliant synth based pop prog. Um, let's say that when you've had a few do too many drinks. Synth based pop prog. Should have on a t shirt. Um, anyway, he's now with them. Um, no longer do we have Colin Edwin on bass. He was one of the founding members. Uh, he so there's no I couldn't find out a reason why there was no notes anywhere to say why he wasn't with the band. Stephen Wilson's taken over that particular um, role, and he's taken over very well, very well. The album is called Closure and Continuation. I mean, he, typical Stephen, typical. Um, Pineapple tree, uh, not pineapple tree, <laughs> pineapple thief, uh, porcupine tree, too many P words, porcupine tree, typical porcupine tree, um, you know, it's so um, creative and nuanced, it's a bit like when my I'm Maiden did Final Frontier, you know, was it maybe the final album, no it wasn't, clearly, and I think this may be the case with these, um, I got my copy released in the mail about a week ago and I've played it continuously. Uh, it is a very, very interesting project. Right, very interesting. Um, Stephen did say he didn't, most of the songs bar from one are recorded with him and another member of the band because he didn't want it to be another Stephen Wilson album because as I said, he, he's like, he's like, the face of the band and so people just assume because he's such a gifted multi-instrumentalist and such a gifted musician possibly one of the most gifted musicians of the 20th century um because that's the case uh he you know people will just tune in and go oh another stephen wilson album and 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 there are points in this album and we'll talk about that later on that does make me feel that it is a stephen wilson album in parts uh but it's um, beautifully packaged again, as they always with these guys. Um, they made over the career. They've made some great albums. They've made some hit miss albums. The same with Steve. Um, he wanted he wanted this album to be less heavy, less heavy metal orientated. Now, sorry, some of you heavy metal heads out there might um, turn off now. I hope not. Bear with me. Um, it is still very heavy. Um, and uh, he's just not as driven the heavy metal uh, heavy as say fear of a blank planet is or or the incident even um now I, i've got lots of notes on this so if you hear my paper rustle 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 it's because uh um because i just beavered away for a week writing notes now um the album we're very lucky the album came about and the reason it came about is because of i mean god forbid it's been a horrible two years but covid because without COVID interrupting the individual's solo careers, you know, uh, it, they probably would have not gone into the studio to record with Stephen, and vice versa, Stephen with them. Um, it uh, it had off the album four singles, which is not unusual, um, but unusual as well. Um, I personally stayed away from all of the singles. Um, John loved them, was listening to them. I did say I'd listen to them, but only because I didn't want to. I, I just didn't want to be that. I didn't want to go. Hey, I, I'm not listening to them. Make, I want people to enjoy however they consume their music. I just didn't. Um, four singles released off of it: um, Harridan on the first of November, two thousand twenty-one. Um, then you had of the new day, eighth of March, this year, two thousand twenty-two. Then the herd 
culling, which is the 20th of May 2022, and finally rats return on the 17th of June 2022. Now, um, interesting single uh, singles. Um, all four of those, I think, are my favourites off the album. So it's good to show that singles are a strong thing. Um, it was released on the 24th of June, as I said, uh, reaching number one in the UK, blah, blah. I've already said that. Sorry, looking back at my notes. Um, it, it, is, it is for uninitiated, um, let's just say that, for the uninitiated of uh, Porcupine Tree, modern progressive rock. And I think, um, to be honest, PT are the founders of modern progressive rock music. Uh, when I say modern progressive, of course, what do I mean by progressive? I could go in a dictionary and give a definition for you. Just get, I get some tea one second. I don't need to. Um, progressive rock. It could be anything to anything. Um, it, you know, it just means music that is not of the normal, something different and outside. Uh, a, a really good example of this is um, the single. Um, of the new day which I'm going to talk about in the second half 42 drum time signatures Harrison played 42 different signatures uh, in the one song now I mean that just is a staggeringly creative B fervently intelligent and so forward thinking and modern it's unbelievable now it's probably been done before and we haven't known about it but being prog you know they shout this stuff from the rooftops because this is something that people aren't doing it's not just your 16 notes your hi-hats your snares your 4-4 four, four, your 8-8 eight, eight, your whatever it's 42 different in one six minute song it's just astounding um, the album runs 105 minutes um, a little long for me um, but I've always felt that way a little bit anyway with modern music I've already talked to you about that before uh, I want more, if I want more I want it on two albums or I'll have it on a double album or do whatever you know. Um, I don't really necessarily want to give a full hour and five minutes to an album all the time uh, obviously this one was well worth the hour and five and it flew by um, ok it is a uh, very focused album very clean, very modern, very of the 2020s. Um, Hi-Fi Beyond Belief. Uh, I've got the, I've ordered the box set which comes with the Blu-ray, two CDs. I don't know, own no CDs and like CDs, but I want the Blu-ray because I want to hear the the high fidelity mix. Plus, there's also a making of CD uh, documentary which I want to watch. Um, the, lyrically, the album covers lots and lots of ground. I have spent the week listening to it, just over, and I can't get into the lyric content yet. It's taking me a bit longer to understand. It's not like typical rock music or heavy metal or something where you, it's the lyrics are straightforward. This is um, uh, typical, again, typical Stephen Wilson and the Porcupine Tree Bunch. Um, you know, even right from the beginning, when I first saw them with Marillion, um, back in 1994, four, no, 1997, sorry. Um, you know, they were they were they were complicated then. Um, I mean, there are, I mean, 
Gabriel was often known for being uh, verbally, had verbal diarrhea. Um, Fish, my favourite singer of all, one of my favourite singers, same thing. And Stephen Wilson could be that same way as well. It can be a little bit, not that he wrote all the lyrics, um, but the band combined can be. Um, it's dark, it's uplifting, it's um, it's controversial, I think. It's also very conflicting. Um, it takes you one way, grabs you, shakes you, takes you back the other way. Um, it holds your attention, it removes your attention, it pushes you in and out. It's, um, it's really quite a phenomenal piece of work, actually. Um, I'm going to go track by track uh, through um, the album uh, when we get to the other side. Um, it's just... Uh, yeah. Modern progressive rock, and particularly in progressive metal, uh, can become a little bit um, unlistenable. Where uh, the melodies go, the you know playing eight-string basses and eight-string guitars and the forty-two time signatures and things of like that, where you know it, it it can become a barrier. And I think the beauty of early prog um, was it wasn't a barrier. People would go to Genesis, yes, Kim Crimson, Van der Graaff Generator. ELP, all those gig, all those bands. They go to the Marillion. They go to those bands, and even though they weren't musical geniuses, they could could un, they could really get into the textures and rhythms of the music. And sometimes modern prog doesn't let you do that. Sometimes it it's too self opinionated and too only for us. And you're not in the club, so you can't listen mentality. Um, you know, like in The Simpsons and No Homers. You know, it's it's a bit like that. It's like no prog heads. Um, you know, uh, and I, I just I think that that's a sad thing because music musically wise, um, you won't get more interesting um, and deliciously thick and textured uh, that you know you do in in prog and particularly in modern prog. Um, I mean, you know, I've said before and I'll say again: you listen to Iron Maiden now, you love Iron Maiden. That's basically prog. So don't you know? Don't turn your toes up. At the thought of that, uh, and you know, you it might open your world a little bit. Might I mean open? I mean, prog opened my my, my musical world so dramatically, so vastly, that I have got so much I can reach into and enjoy now, and I really thank thankful for that. And the same thing here. So those that are new to this and are grabbing it for the first time, um, this album's a good one to start in because it is sort of like a snapshot of everything that Porcupine Tree is. Um, I would say jump straight back to Fear of a Blank Planet and then move on from there, but, you know, the people have different opinions. Uh, you know, the incident is a, a considered one of the greatest. I personally like Fear of a Blank Planet in absentia as well. Anyway, I'm going to shut up now for a minute because I'm going to get a fresh tea, and we're going to come back the other half. It might be a bit longer than normal because it's going to be track by track, and there's a lot of tracks to talk about. Um, if I double myself or talk over myself or repeat myself, I apologise. You know, it's me. You know what I'm like. Anyway, um, enjoy these messages of capitalism. Um, ooh, I might get myself free. That'll be another hot cup of tea. It's pretty cold here in Canberra. My feet are freezing in the, in the recording room. And there's lots of COVID going around, and I've got a bit of a cold. And it's, I don't know if you're coming across in my voice. I apologise. Anyway, talk to you soon, guys. Bye. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Welcome back, my dear friends, to part two and a track-by-track rundown of the latest Porcupine Tree album continuation. Closure and continuation. Um, The album opens with Haridan, which is the... um, that was recorded just after the incident, so the incident era recordings and uh over the last 10 years he's um had another layered another layer of vocals on top so there's two vocal tracks one from 2009 and one from um a year or so ago um and it opens with one funky and delicious bass line now i'm not sure that colin edwin could have played this bass line sorry colin if you're listening but Steve's bassline on this is just now. I don't know if it's synthed. Uh, I'm not sure, uh, but it's just it's punchy. It's addictive. It uh, it's it's hard. It, it really draws you in, and, and then of course you then have this um, tight um, drum sound that accompanies it. Um, it's just. I don't know. It's it's it it is a, a really typical prototypical porcupine tree song. I think Harridan. Uh Again, lyric wise, I'm not going to try and tell you. I don't understand it. I haven't got there yet. I've written in big letters "Tour de Force of Modern Progression," and I think that's probably what this is. It's uh, it's not too up itself. It's not too aggressive. It rolls really well. It knows when to finish. There's a little bit too much falsetto, but then that's the whole album. For me, lyric uh, in Steve's vocal, we can be a little bit too falsetto sometimes. Um, those that don't know what no falsetto means, it's high vocal. It's a higher note. Um, if you know, if you like your, your uh, King Diamond, you'll understand what falsetto is. Um, it. There's not much else I can say about it. That apart from that, it's. Uh, it's rich, deep, modern, metallic, clean, almost, um, almost too clean, almost too produced. Uh, you know how I feel about too much overproduction. I, I don't enjoy over overproduction. When I want it, I'll listen to it. But most of the time, I'm a lo-fi kind of guy, right? 
um, but I do enjoy this um, this sort of you know you can you can see them sitting there for you know months tweaking the EQs on this and slaving over a, a Neve desk trying to get it to to sound as as it almost sounds flat it, and that's not a negative thing it's um, you know some band some pieces of music are round and they're sumptuous and they feel round and you almost could sort of bounce them off a floor you know um, from speaker to speaker but this one sounds a little flat a little square a little angular I think that's probably what they're looking for um, that's not something that I don't dislike I've always said before and I said a lot it's one of the reasons I don't really don't consider Pink Floyd being a um, a prog band and I'm going to hear te I'm going to hear knuckles cracking and people scraping um, pulling knives out of sheaves at me I get it um, but you see for me um, traditional prog is quite pastoral quite round quite soft quite floral um, um, whimsy whereas you don't get that with Floyd and you don't really get that with these guys either so sort of contradicting myself but this isn't traditional prog this is modern prog I, w I would say that Pink Floyd is more like angry um, early proto-punk now that's going to annoy people but uh, um, that's how it is because they were more about um, you know you, traditional prog bands didn't talk about politics that much it probably was thrown in a bit but it was done with you know a little bit of um, middle class whimsy whereas um, Floyd aren't an upper class band you know some of the parts of them are quite working class anyway off the soapbox onto this album um, so as I said before lyrically I'm not even going to attempt to talk to you through the lyric because I haven't really I have to give myself another couple of weeks to to, to listen to it thoroughly to understand the lyric of this some of them I've got straight away and some are pretty straightforward um, but uh, yeah so you know and then we could we move on to of the new day now what can I say about this tour de force of piece of music that I haven't already said 42 time signatures in one drum track you know it's so contrastingly different to the um, opening song um, you know it's sophisticated it's lighter it's poppier it's more modern in the respect that it's a little bit more taking from um, other magpieing from other forms of music um, you know it's uh, it sort of it does it it has a great and I don't know if it's nylon if it's Steve's nylon or he's using a steel string acoustic it sounds like nylon to me but again people with more sophisticated ears I know John could probably tell me better he's a gifted nylon guitarist string guitarist uh, um, it sort of seesaws um, um, it and, and it's sort of um, it goes you know it's got those light this is very traditionally prog because it has those soft rounded nuances I was talking about in the acoustic pieces and it's back to the hard stuff and it's um, it, the synth is so angular and quirky and um, it's seesawing so much it's quite staggeringly beautiful you could see uh, why it was released as a second single um, I at the at, at this listen through, it's my favourite track on the album um, because of the contrast, um, because of the the depth and the differences. Uh, again, lyrically, 
I'm not going to talk about that because I, again, I'm, I'm still not convinced. I know exactly what he's meaning. There'll be websites out there soon where you can jump in and it'll give you some ideas. But at the moment, I'm a bit left there, a bit cold because I don't quite know. Um, we move on to Rats Return. Now, Rats Return, another single. Uh, this one's very straightforward lyrically. This is about um, people in power. He name checks people. Uh, religion, um, uh, politicians. It's obviously, a, and it says it in the name. Rats returns about. I think he's talking about a return to the world of po- pre-war. You know, um, power grabbing, country uh, grabbing, um, policy making. Uh, you know, darkness that's hidden away. It's artistically done through modern means, and I think that's what he's talking about here. Um, it's got a great now the drum on this is unbelievable it has this staccato hi-hat um, and uh, and the the recording of the snares I don't know what the, how they've done it Harrison has done to record this snare sound but it's it's addictive it's 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 almost all I heard in the song um, you know take away the guitar and the vocals and the bass and the synth and the synth is I haven't talked about the synth a lot yet Babriari Bar- oh, I'm going to say his name the synth is you know is is uh, it's it's so delicate and so minuscule at this moment in the album it does become a lot more traditional later on but it, it's so subtle and beautiful um in this it, uh, and I've got I've written down it's, it's so it's a monochrome soundscape it's black. It's white. Right? Um, um, it's just. It's just. Yeah. It. I thought it was my favourite song on the album originally. Uh, I didn't sort of offer several ways through. I went back to of the new day. Um, it's close second though um, on the first side of the album. Um, but yeah, that monochromal, um, stark, uh, almost. Uh, when I was listening to it, I thought I was thinking of 1984, you know, um, uh, George Orwell's masterpiece, you know, when the stock, the, I think we know that line when the, the clock stri- strikes 13. I was just thinking, I was thinking that. I was thinking gulags. And again, I was thinking Marillion, I was thinking White Russian. Um, but this is by no way, I mean, White Russian is a pop song compared to Rat's Return. Um, <coughs> but yeah. Uh, probably most political heart-hitting song on the album um, but you know it uh, it brings you there the, and it takes you then to hold you and I think that's the key now we move into um, into Dignity now I've got a lot to say about this song I've got a lot to say about a lot of things you know me um, but this one's really quite uh, I had a moment where I had to ask Karen, my wife. I, I, I was playing it, and I thought, "Hang on, what? What is this I'm listening to?" So I plugged my headphones and I put it on the stereo, and I said to Karen, "What do you hear?" Now it is, it can, it is a lovely, different light relief from Rat's Return. Firstly, um, it's um, it sounds a lot like he's at solo work. A lot. But there was a moment uh, where you listen to it, and it's the music. It's not the words, but it's the. Sa- it, he's basically not. No, now I'm going to say when I say rip off is the wrong word here. 
I don't want to get myself in trouble. He's not ripped them off. He's he is um, he's not even copied. He's homaged uh, Seal's "Kiss from a Rose," and you'll hear it. Once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Okay, um, it's there. Da, na, 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 na. It's there. Um, da, da. I couldn't. I I was listening to it, and suddenly I'm singing "Kiss from a Rose." Now, I know that Steve has done a lot with um, Seal in the past. They've done some production stuff together. Maybe that seeped in. Maybe it was deliberate. Maybe that was Seal. I don't know. I don't know. It just says moments. It's not the whole song, just moments, okay? Um, but it's very pop. It's very um, Stephen's influence. Feel the pop. He loves his pop. His last album was very pop-driven. It's... Um, it's beautiful. It's tender. Uh, it has a fantastic um, chromatic guitar piece, like um, not solo, but um, yeah, a great chromatic guitar scale in it that just takes. Make I think Beatles. It, it's not the Beatles, but I think Beatles. I think uh, I was thinking of um, you know all those lovely George Harrison songs um, that that he's heavily influenced by. Uh, in it, I could hear that, and isn't that the wonderful thing about uh, modern music? That it's a textural, and you can hear different things that he may not. It's like wine tasting, or whiskey appreciation, or art appreciation. You see things, smell things, hear things, taste things differently to someone else. But you can, if you can bring that across to that person, they may also hear, see, taste, smell, feel diff- that same thing, and then you you can enjoy it together on that level. And I think this. Dignities, are, and I think this is one of the early. I think this may be one of the ones as well that he had from the incident album sessions. Um, it so don't hold that that the fact that there is that sort of um, seal um, thing. I, I you know a side note. I always want to get a T-shirt made, and if someone wants to make me one, they're quite welcome to and send it to me. I'd love one. I was going to get a T-shirt, and I was going to have a picture of seal dancing, right? And then the round, red ring around it and the line through it, and on my back it would say "Stop Seal Clubbing." <laughs> I thought it was quite amusing at the time. It's like I also had an idea for um, this is very British, and the English people might get this, and no one else might not. But I was going to get like a, a a hat with with um, E on it, and then when someone asked me what it was, I was going to tell them it was my Ebola hat. Anyway, um, another. Side note, sorry. Um, we move on to Herd Culling. Herd Culling's really interesting. I could do a whole episode on this one song alone. Um, story-wise, it's about the Skinwalker Ranch. Now, you know, if you know and listen to me long enough, you know I have a deep love of the paranormal and the unusual. And Skinwalker is uh, a na- uh, a First Nations American um uh, a Native American, and you know what I mean by that. But first, that could be called First Nations. First Nations Americans. They have this um, creature called the Skinwalker, and he's a well, he's a tra- shapeshifter basically, and he he hunts the plains of the of the prairies, and he um, he, ta- he basically a, used to, a, uh, if you believe in it, would attack the um, settlers uh, in America. In the Midwest and stuff, 
Uh, if I've got that wrong, people in America, I apologize. And this is a really quick paraphrase. Um, and so the song's about the the incredulity of that. About so you know, there's a lyric says something in the guard in the in the, in the yard. Get the gun. And then liar, liar, liar. So it's like a, people believe it and don't believe it. And um, uh, it, I've listened to a fair few podcasts about it, read a few things about it, and really does um, it sends the shivers up the up your up your spine. Um, it's a fascinating story musically. Um, I sort of got lost and didn't really tune into the music because I was so listening to the lyric and, the, and getting behind the story. Well, that's a good thing because that means that it's done its job right it's it the music the music is a transportation for the story that he's put there like sometimes um you know you get in the car and you drive it um you enjoy the inside of the car you don't think about the wheels that are turning underneath you that get you there you know the tire make or the quality of the tires or the engine under the bonnet you just it's it gets you there it's a it's a it's a transportation system it's like putting um whiskey in into a guinness or um sugar in tea or you know it's just a way of getting something else you know sugar in medicine in fact getting something into you in a different way and um musically i felt that it was a little bit bland um and i think that's because i've got to go back now and re-listen to that one and so probably not think about the lyrical content um but yes probably one of the um, one of the most interesting um, songs on the album, uh, I think. Um, we move then into Walk the Plank. Now, this has a lot of Wilson introspection. Um, uh, you know, it's again some stupendous keyboard. It's Hammond esque, there's piano, there's again that really staccato. Um, snare and the, the 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 clean, crisp hi hat and splash cymbals of Harrison, um, uh, just you know bubbling along. I mean, this is by no means this is not really a guitar-driven album. Steve works on the guitars on it, but I wouldn't call it a guitar-driven album. By no, I think it's more your bass and drum-driven, uh, uh, um, and obviously a shitload of snare, uh, synth. Um, is it a little bit too much falsetto? I said it before, I'll say it again. There's a point when he he's not going to be able to play this album live because there's too much falsetto in it. Um, it has... i tell you what it reminded me of. Um, it reminded me of Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds. Because um, it's about... Uh, it says walk the plank. You can, you can hear the water burbling off the side of the boats if you think, listen carefully. It's about the ocean waves, about, um, you know, walking the plank, about being caught and being um, uh, punished but it has that, it almost has that you know that bit in War of the Worlds where the, where the aliens come and it goes wow 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 it's a bit like that it, I heard it um, I had to take a double take, put it back on again thought, well, yeah, I can hear sort of a Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds there, again this isn't him ripping it off, it's not quite like Dignity, this is I'm hearing it. It may be only me, right? But I hear that sort of, sort of, fan- and and again, um, the song is musically probably more interesting than the lyrics in this point of view. To be fair, I was more interested in the soundscapes they were producing than the wordscapes that he was writing or they were writing. Um, you know, it uh, it it is. 
it's it's it suffers from middle of the uh, middle of the album track syndrome um where they've got to fill maybe the time this is why i say sometimes you know 45 50 minutes 40 minutes perfect um 20 minutes too much you've got to fill it and when you've got to fill it sometimes you fill it with stuff that could have gone on another album could have been released as a single only anyway that that aside um we're now going to move swiftly on to chimera's wreck now chimera anyone know what chimera is hands up yes i'm looking at you yes chimera no 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 it's not a car um chimera is like a, a cat creature um an animal like a civet cat kind of creature um human part human half cat half um it's this album this song is <laughs> soft this song is soft it it's full of darkness um it's not as dark as walk the plank but it's f- dark um it's more layered it's more introspective it's more textured it has an ebbing and flowing a seesaw, I've written here um, it seesaws in along the um, the musical um, bar uh, in a traditional beautiful prog kind of way it has breaths it has um, um, coming and going whimsy of the guitar and the drums and the bass it's not, again, lyrically, don't ask me okay, I, I'm still getting the head red around, I I've listened to Stephen Wilson's songs for ever and a day, and I still struggle sometimes to to unless they're very straightforward to, to get what he's coming to, unless I read about it. And that's why um, I'm going to have to sit down and study the lyric more closely. But it is—it's a real fresh of a breath of fresh air. It's it's fast. It's dark. It's introspective. As I said, you know, um, it's light lighter than previous song which is what you want you want to come out of some darkness like the depth and the water and the fathoms of walk the plank and you want to come up and for breath for fresh air when you hit that surface and you break the water's tensions and you come up above the water you want something to give you sus- succor and to save you and uh Kaimira's wreck does that i think um it's <sighs> i said it strokes the staves um, in a in a bouncing in and out signature way, signature way, and I wrote that down. I don't know quite what I meant when I wrote that down. Um, I wrote it down. I wrote an underlined big word, wondrous. Um, it just moves subtly, more traditional. It's, I think this is possibly the most traditional um, prog track on the album. And I said you back before, rounded, soft. Um, pastoral um, breaths of fresh air not so static and um, uh, uh, and angular and I think this this comes that way quite well this definitely does that and for if you, if those traditional prog heads this is the one that you're going to really dig okay okay we're moving on to the next one alright now I've also said that the, the that work the work the drum work on this particular song it just sounds like he's in a different league. Um, there are some great drummers on this planet, uh, but there's some of them are just 
it, he's just out there, out in a different league in this one. Steve Solo on this particular song is driven, stabbing, interesting. It's only short. Um, it's the wah. He uses a typical wah. Like Steve likes a lot of wah. Uh, you know, it's like the old Monty Python sketch. You know, being hit on the head. You know, the hit on the head. No wah wah. What a stupid concept. Anyway, that's for the Python fans out there. Um, it it, uh, it it's short, but it's just enough on this song to keep it alive and and and, and exciting. Right now we're moving towards the the last few tracks of the album. Okay, um, we're going to move into what I think is extremely Stephen Hackett era Genesis sounding song. Now I said I had that, and I thought that was, um, um, I thought that you know greatly of Chimera's Wreck, but I'm going to say that Population Three. Um, is I'm going to contradict myself um, on second thoughts I think this is much more uh, traditional prog than the previous one I still think the previous one is very traditional prog but this is that Stephen Hackett um, it has nuances of dance on a volcano um, for me it has that sound of the later Genesis the trick of a tail uh, wind and mothering um, Barbieri's keys on it is staggering. It's it's Tony Banks esque. It um, it's Hammond. It's um, you know Leslie's. It's um, and Leslie is a top keyboard. Sorry, I'm I'm blabbering around. Um, I closed my eyes and was back in my youth listening to that. I was like, this is Marillion. This is um, Incommunicado. This is Mark Kelly of Marillion on keyboards. This is Tony Banks. This is Stephen Hackett on guitar. It was like being back in my parents my brother's bedroom um stealing away his copy of of uh trick of the tale uh and and putting it on and being you know uh you know squonk and being having the, you know the 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 staccato guitar in squonk you know just had it, it feels that way i think it's i think it's because it's coming towards the end of the album i think it's steve's hey this is my turn my love, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something a bit whimsy, and it's just whimsical. It really is just whimsical. All right, it's beautiful. It's also um, the only acoustic track on the album. Um, I would have loved a couple more, actually. More as I've got older, I've enjoyed. I used to have to have the void of music filled with lyrics because. Um, I'm a worded person. I love words. Um, I wanted more and more and more and more. And being, uh, I want to learn more, hear more, understand words, and, and, and fill the space. And that's why I like the Gabriel era uh, Genesis and Fish era Marillion and Mark Hamill era um, uh, Van de Graaff Generator. I just it, it's it's that um, you know and and. and People like uh, my love of uh, Billy Bragg and um, Elvis Costello, John Lydon. It was all about filling that space because because I'm not a great musician myself. Technically, could play a bit of I play the bass quite well, um, guitar sufficiently, a bit of drums, um, but I knew I could write words and and for me that's was where I fell in love and 
But as I've got older and more appreciation and more appreciative of music itself, I've really enjoyed the the instrumental pieces because it's something that takes you elsewhere in another whimsy, another story, another book to open, another chapter to write and read. Um, and um, I think that this particular um, piece of music, because it reminds me of Dance of the Volcano, it's such a com it's a massive compliment on my part, I might like to say, um, I think, anyway. So, yeah. Uh, it's lovely because it, it, it takes you off and somewhere else and you're not having to think about the piece of music it really is a nice breath of fresh air in a long and quite arduous um, lyrically driven album um, and it um, you can see why now I'm so excited I so want to get into the lyric content of the album because it's important to me uh, also when you know, I want to sing along I love a good sing along even though this is not the kind of sing along kind of album anyway that's that. That's that one. So that's population three. Um, uh, not quite sure. Again, with with all instrumentals, you don't know quite what they're writing it. Why? What it's about? I mean, I've written instrumental pieces and given them names. And what for? You could call them anything, really, couldn't you? I suppose if he's inspired by something, that's right. You know, could have just called it three. You know, we would have loved it. Could have called it population. We would have loved it. Makes no difference, really, doesn't it? You know. Anyway, on to the last couple of tracks on the album. Never Have opens with a really beautiful piece of um, piano. Um, now, I don't know if that's Stephen or it's Babiari. I can't, I'm sorry, I'm selling your name wrong. I'm really sorry. Um, Barbarari, Barbar, I can't say it. Someone out there can please help me out. I'm sure John can. Um, yeah, it's got a... a um, a lovely whimsical soft again this piano intro reminds me of the piano intro to Incommunicado on the Clutching of Straws album the last Fish era album that came out in 1987 um, and tonally um, it's got this great sort of um, uh, ebb and flow you know so sort of almost like a call and response lyric, um, you know, it's not chromatic in scale, but it's it's sort of uh, it sounds like a really simple piano piece and a simple vocal line. But for the last six, you know, forty odd minutes, we've had um, complex piece of music, and it's really nice to have simplicity, and especially after um, the last after Population Three, it's really good to have that. Uh, simplicity, you know, um, it's not complicated. Sorry, guys, a bit of music there. That wasn't. That was actually the album. It was. It, I hit the button to get the lyric off of it, and uh, got a bit of the music. So it wasn't enough to get copyright, I don't think. But uh, I don't think it should be a problem. Anyway, um, it also it has a really good crescendo moment uh, in it. Like it, it builds, then it crescendos. And it builds and it crescendos, and I think that again is one of Stevens and the band's skill sets. Um, there, you know, it it just it um, it because they they're riffing on the piano intro for the whole song. It has that. I keep using the word whimsy, and I'm sorry. You know, probably if you take if you have a drinking competition, 
and every time I say the word whimsy, have a drink, you'll probably be pissed by now. Um, but it does. It has this sort of nuance. This again, another one. Um, very British, very eccentric um, soundscape, uh, and I really love it. I, I mean, it's just nice to come to the towards the end of the album uh, and have to, and and be able to rest yourself. Um, like you've been, you know, you've been tossed around on the ocean waves, and now it's nice to just to float towards the shore. That's how I feel with this particular song. Uh, anyway, it's just, yeah, beautiful. The very last track, "Love in the Past Tense." Now, we've already spoke about how a couple of these songs on this album sound like other things. Uh, Dignity sounding like um, Seal. Um, yeah, um, Population 3 sounding like a little bit like Dance of the Volcano. Uh, uh, the previous one sounding a little like, you know, a bit of early Marillion. This next one, oh my god, um, it is. It, I thought I was listening to Jeff O'Toll. Um, now, Steve has done a lot of work with Toll over the last 10 years reissuing and redevamping their albums um, and there's nothing wrong with that uh, and, I, and, and, look, I'm, and again I'm not saying he's copied these aren't copied tracks Kiss My Rose is a bit similar but the rest is just it feels like he's reaching out to his influences and for me that's a beautiful thing because I I bloody love Jeff O'Toll um, I really really do uh, and I have since I was 6 or 7 years old and um, so for me, the opening folk style um, nuance to love in the past, in the past tense. I mean, it's almost a play on the words. It's almost like living in the past, if you know the the um, Jeff Rotol song. It, it it it's almost like that. Um, is he is he being cheeky? Um, I don't know. He could be. He does have a uh, a, a quite a, a a strong, cheeky sense of humour in his music. Um, some uh, a lot of the times, um, it's just. I was just. I thought, oh, tall. But when we get past that, then we get one of the best album finishes I reckon of the last ten years. It is delicate. It is beautiful. It flows. I. In my mind, when I'm listening to this music, I'm thinking of a river. I'm thinking of water moving. I'm thinking of um, of time flowing by, um, things changing. It actually upset me a bit recently because I'm um, I don't want to you know, burden you with my worries, people. But I'm having my father is um, almost ninety and he's um, starting to suffer from dementia, um, and I'm so far away from him. Uh, that it becomes very difficult for me to help him. Um, my brothers try, but I think they're they're just idiots, to be honest. To be honest, um, lucky we have family friends that are looking after him while I can't be, when I when I'm not there. Um, and this thing, this song is about that. It's about that past tense, about memories, about. Um, friendships coming and going I, I mean again that's, that's what I'm getting from it and the music makes me think of that I actually did put it on and I, I thought of my dad as a younger man of him 
when I have a memory of him, I was walking with my mother, I was probably five or six years old, and we were going over a bridge near me in Hendon, towards over towards West Hendon Broadway, and this big towering man came up and gave my mum a big kiss. Now, my father always had a big ginger beard, and then he shaved it off, and he was kissing my mother and I swear to you I was panicking pulling my mum's arm I remember it vividly remember the day what she was wearing she was wearing a and don't be um, quick to judge here but she was wearing a, a, a fur coat but this was the 70s and people did that okay um, and dad was wearing a grey trench coat and uh, shock of ginger hair like he's dark haired but he's got ginger in his hair kissing mum and um when I heard this bit of music, I thought that. I thought I thought those moments, that moment, you know. I remember my brother, my father. That same moment, I felt. But he picked me up that same day, and he put me on his shoulders, and he looked over the bridge, over the, into the motorway, and it was like so far down. I was so scared, but at the same, so thrilled, um, you know. And then off we were going. I think we were going to to. Yes, we were. We were going to. Um, Cub Scouts. I was a cub. I was I was in my cub uniform. I think. Gosh, I was only young, maybe seven then. Anyway, but that's what this music was doing. It's 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 whim. It's so. Well, I'm not gonna say whimsy again, Tony. Stop saying whimsy. Um. It was. It's. It's just a, a really beautiful, delicate piece piece of music, uh, and it finishes out so nicely. Anyway, I'm dragging on. This is almost an hour episode. Um. It's just so much to unpack in this album. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. I really hope you go and you, if you don't buy it, at least download it and stream it and listen to it. Um, take notes. I'd love to know what you think on it and what you get from it. You might think it's a big steaming pile of doo doo, and um, if you do so, that's you know right within your choice to say, to be that case. There are some very vile people out there um, that say some horrible things about Steve. Um, just because I think jealousy raw jealousy to be honest um, but anyway you have your opinion if you do think it's doo doo I'm not going to hold it against you okay because there are some parts of this album where I did roll my eyes um, oh too much falsetto come on now you know um, but it, it 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 dragged me in it held me there it held my hour um, is it the best porcupine tree album it's up there um, certainly up there I mean I'm always going to say that Fear of a Blank Planet is my favourite um, because it it's something that was in my timeline and important um, it, it's not hard to get hold of you can get it in all good record stores quite cheaply now on CD box sets vinyl stream it um, I would don't but do give it time don't put it on and walk around and do stuff it is an album that demands you to sit down and let itself bubble and burble over you um, and it might evoke memories like that of my father um, I hope it does I really really hope it does I hope it evokes emotion I'm sure that's what Steve and the boys want um, either side uh, that aside the, the lads have made um, a, starking, a starkly original interestingly beautiful powerful and emotional and thought-provoking piece of art and um, I hope you take that away I mean yes once I turned it off I had to put on some Iron Maiden I had to put on some 
um, light, not light, but you know, stuff that I could just not have to think about. But that's prog for you, and that's modern prog for you. Um, if they ever tour with it, get out and see them. If you ever get a chance to see Steve on his own, get out and see him. He is an astonishing musician, and he always has astonishing musicians, astonishing musicians with him. Um, that's me for the week. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. A little bit longer than normal, but hey, I can't squeeze all that into half an hour. It'd be ridiculous, and I'm not doing a two-part for this because I've got too much to talk about next week and something else. Anyway, that's me for the uh, end of the show. Keep safe. Keep away from the virus. Keep uh, enjoying music. Do stretch your mind. Do stretch your imagination, because I think you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna thank me for it. Anyway, that's me for this week. Bye, guys. <laughs>